This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Hello, and welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I'm your host, Emma Benner, and today I'm sharing episode 75 with Erica Welsh. Erica is one of the co-founders of Wild Friends, which is a female-founded natural foods company that specializes in nut butters. And they are a B Corp, and through their company, they have a give-back program called Fuel Her Future, where they donate 1% of their sales to programs that help to empower women and girls to chase their dreams. Additionally, they partner with Girls Incorporated of the Pacific Northwest as their nonprofit partner. In this episode, Erica shares the story about how she started Wild Friends in college with her best friend, going on Shark Tank, using Wild Friends as a platform to give back to women and girls, making products that bring joy to people's days, and so much more. Before we get started on this episode, I did want to share about Finley's. I actually had the founders of Finley's on the podcast last week for episode 74. They are Angie and Kyle Gallus, and they are two former special education teachers that just have an incredible heart and a passion for making a difference in the community and advocating for individuals with disabilities. And Finley's is a pet treat company, and they make their pet treats with just a few all-natural ingredients. They have some really fun flavors over there, and your pets will love these. The incredible part is that they give 50% of their profits back to initiatives that provide employment training, accessibility, health and wellness, and advocacy platforms for people with disabilities. I hope you'll go check them out and maybe go back and listen to that episode from last week so you can hear more about the mission and their heart behind the company. And if you find something on the website at getfinleys.com that you love, as a listener of the show, you can get 20% off of your order by using code Illuminate20. All right, let's get to my conversation with Erica Welsh of Wild Friends. All right, today on the Illuminate podcast, I'm so excited to have Erica Welsh join me. Welcome to the show, Erica. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yes. So I have been a long time Wild Friends fanatic. Um, always have my cupboard fill with, filled with all, all different flavors, all different types. And I'm just in love with the company and the story behind it. So yeah, to get started, do you want to just tell uh, the listeners just a little bit about yourself and maybe how Wild Friends got started as well? Because that's a really unique and fun story for how you became an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I just have to acknowledge your pantry of wild friends. That makes me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) I love when I love when people send me their photos of either them eating it or their pantry. It's very uh, gratifying, even almost 10 years into running this business and never gets old. So thank you. Yeah, well, it's gratifying to me for me to eat it as well. Yes. Do you have a favorite flavor? Uh, the honey sun sun nut butter. Am I saying that flavor right? I oh obsessed. the honey sunflower butter. Yeah, yes. it's so oh, good. That's awesome. It's unbeatable. Yeah. It's so good. I love it. Yeah, we 
we started with like peanut butter and almond butters and Mm. then that kind of came a little bit later but we love that flavor because we we just tried so many other sunflower butters and we really think ours is the best tasting because sunflower butter can be a little bit bitter and some people don't like the taste of it yeah, but then the the pe- or the um, the addition of honey, it mm-hmm. just I feel like that just like takes that bitterness away and makes it like a much better sunflower butter experience. So I'm glad to hear you like that one. Yeah, what I found with you with like sun nut butter is like with normal peanut butter and almond butter and cashew butter and stuff, I do just like it like just the nuts, no oil added. Plain, yep. But with sun nut yep. butter, it's the one thing I cannot go natural if I don't have yours with the honey in it. If I get like some other brand. Um, which I can't admit that I do, right? Um, but if I oh yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> if There's I so do, many other brands that we yeah yeah, if I do get the a different brand that's just the plain, I have to do the ones with oil added because it's the only ones that taste okay. Yep. Yeah. No. It it definitely is a different experience than other nut butters, mm-hmm. and so we you know we know that people. I don't know if you have to eat it. It sounds like you eat other nut butters, so it's probably yeah. not. Um, oh, it's not your only allergy. option. But no. for people that. Yeah, but for people that do have an allergy and that's really their own choice, it's not a great experience for a lot of people. I mean, it's kind of like, okay, I guess I'll eat sunflower butter and we wanted to, yeah. I mean, with all of the flavors, we want people to be excited to spread them on all the yummy things that they're already eating and just have it be, you know, obviously a, a joyful experience. And we felt like other sunflower butters weren't that. And so we're like, let's just add a little honey in it and it makes it just way better. So Delicious, Yeah. Glad to hear that. Okay, that was our first tangent, but I just needed to figure <laughs> I, I love finding out like what, you know, kind of what brings people into our brand and oh, what yeah. they, what flavors they keep coming back to. So that's awesome. But I will, yeah, give a little background. So I'm Erica. I'm one of the co-founders of Wild Friends and we are a natural food company, but we've, you know, we've really been focused on making delicious nut and seed butters uh, for almost 10 years now, which is completely crazy. So my co-founder Keely and I started the company when we were 18 and 19, we were sophomores in college at the University of Oregon. Uh, we met in high school and decided to room together in college. So we were roommates in the dorm and then moved into an apartment after that and just immediately became best friends, did everything together, realized we both shared this love of peanut butter, which sounds really funny, and it is. But it, we just honestly were just obsessed with peanut butter. We always had to have a jar in our dorm. And then in our apartments, we would have multiple jars. And our options really were just, you know, we had creamy and crunchy natural peanut butter. And there was like one or two other brands that were doing flavored peanut butters, but they had ingredients that we didn't love or they were too sweet. And so um, one day we ran out of our beloved crunchy natural peanut butter and we happened to have kind of what we call trail mix ingredients. So we had some peanuts and chocolate and coconut and raisins and cinnamon. And we um, also happened to have a food processor, which is kind of a unique kitchen tool, especially when you're 18 and 19. And my mom had actually gifted it to me for Christmas. And this was, you know, January. So the month after, and it was rainy and gross in Eugene where our college was. And we were snacking on, you know, apples and peanut butter. We really did not want to go to the grocery store because it was raining and we would have had to bike there in the rain. And so Keely found this food blog, like how to make your own peanut butter. So it really just started as a weekend Sunday project. We thought it'd be super fun to make our favorite food. We happened to have all the ingredients and food processors. So it was very serendipitous how we started. I feel like as many food companies do, you know, you start 
because you're trying to fill a need for yourself. And then we loved it so much. We had so much fun making it. We made, we probably made like 20 jars and we put them in little eight ounce mason jars. And then we were like, okay, now what do we do with all of these? Like, this is way too much for us to eat. We, you know, had already been sampling it for hours. We're like, we need to give this away to friends so they can enjoy it as well. And then that was kind of our first way of distributing it. We just would put it in little mason jars and we started giving it away to our friends on campus and one thing led to the next and we soon became the peanut butter girls and everyone on campus was, you know, we'd get stopped like, are you those girls making peanut butter? Or like in class oh, wow. people would come up to us. So, you know, we went to a pretty big university and that was still happening. So it was just really fun. It quickly became just so much more interesting and fun than our school work did. Mm-hmm. And we realized we're like, wow, we're really excited about this and really passionate about this. And we just kept, we just kept going, like taking the next steps. And um, we've really, that's kind of how we've approached our business from the beginning. And here we are 10 years later, almost 10 years. Yeah, that story to me is just so wild, because there's so many people that go to school specifically with or kind of go through life with this specific idea of wanting to start a business and wanting it to really take off and be big. And to me, it's like hearing your story, you kind of just like fell into it by accident. And obviously, Wild Friends is really well known and a really big brand now. So it's just wild how organically that came about and has grown into some like kind of a peanut butter empire almost. Yes, yes, I think I, I mean, other food companies that we've talked to and other, you know, other founders, I think that's something that is really special about the natural food space is that, you know, because food is so personal, you know, we all, we all eat food, we all have stories around food. And we, you know, a lot of people have a lot of like memories and nostalgia around food. Mm -hmm. And I think it is the natural food space is full of, you know, passionate foodie entrepreneurs like Keely and I, who, you know, make something for themselves. And then, it's pretty easy, like when you're starting your company in the beginning, even though that's not what we thought we were doing, we thought it was just a fun little project. But looking back, it's really easy to kind of start a company in a small way when you're, you know, making a food, a food product, because you can make it for yourself and then give it away to friends and family. And little did we know we were getting, you know, we were doing like what we were like market research now, like we were having a lot of people sample it and try it and give us feedback and testing new flavors and ideas. And so I think that is a really fun thing about the natural food industry is that it does start so organically for uh, so many founders. And we've loved, you know, just as much as people like get really excited to hear our story, I get excited to hear other, you know, food company stories because I'm yeah. like, I can relate. And it, you know, it is, um, it does often just happen so naturally and it happens most of the time in like the founder's kitchen. So yes, I I, uh, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, we, we just love sharing our story cause it's all, it, it really has, you know, from the beginning, like it just, it's just like, it, it just has, our story has built from day one and, um, there's so many different layers to our story and it's just, I mean, I love reliving it too. Cause I'm like, wow, so many things have happened in the last decade. And, and here, I love that you said peanut butter empire. That's, I love that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, like everyone I know knows about it. And I was a collegiate athlete. So I feel like that's also kind of a space where people are looking for oh, that's the, awesome. the peanut butters. What, what that did are, you do? Uh, cross country and track. 
So oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. So that I feel like that, like, yeah, it is a athletes love nut butters. So that yeah. That, oh, and look, and, awesome. and especially looking for like a healthier version too. Yeah, my team had that. Everyone making their own peanut butters and 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 giving them around to each other too. So that, that your story kind of resonates a little bit. But what I'm curious about, yeah, what I'm curious about is is your background because I have to imagine that even if you were going to school for business, which I don't know what your major was, but even if you were going to school for business at 18, 19 years old, I have to imagine that it would have been like it, you, you still aren't like a business expert, right? So how was it starting the business (laughs) when you didn't have like an excess of knowledge of operations and liability and everything and taxes and everything like that? Yes, that us being not being experts is definitely putting it lightly. We had no interest in business. I mean, between the two of us, I think we had maybe taken two or three business courses together, like combined with high school and college. So we came into this with no official, you know, or formal business training whatsoever. I was an environmental studies in Spanish, double major, um, you know, Keely was a journalism major. So we definitely had different interests. And you know, passions, I guess, than than business. And so it is kind of funny that we ended up here running a business. Um, But, you know, it is, I I feel like, because kind of going back to like natural food space, like so many founders just starting a company from, you know, the excitement and passion of like creating a yummy food product. For us, it really, it it wasn't, like I said, a little bit ago, it wasn't business proposal we weren't like setting out to say like okay we we want to make a business we want to make money how do we drop out of school like that was not like we were not trying to do that yeah um it really just came because we were you know as after we had left our parents houses and were on our own we, we realized we both really enjoyed cooking um and experimenting in the kitchen so that was a huge part of it and then I found out I had uh intolerances to gluten and dairy And we both were also college athletes. So we were just like hungry all the time. I was trying to figure out how to fuel myself with things other than gluten and dairy things that were a huge part of my diet before. So nut butters and peanut butter especially really became a big part of our diet. And we were trying to get like more fat and more and more protein. Um, And so it really just started because it, you know, it was a natural interest for us, like the cooking and fueling our bodies with healthy foods and for once having like a kitchen of our own. And we just loved, loved being in the kitchen, love experimenting with new recipes. And so it really started there and all of the business stuff had to come after that. Um, And we, it, you know, definitely like a crash course in business. I I really think that we, you know, I, I definitely think that formal training and some classes would have been beneficial for sure. But I think because we were so excited and motivated by this little business that we were creating, we just we had to learn everything super quick and on the fly. And that's, you know, that was kind of that is kind of our style still, but that worked for us. Um, and we looked to, you know, a lot of we were not afraid of asking questions. We still are, but we just asked a ton of questions. We talked to other business owners. I remember one of the business professors at our college we would talk to him and he gave us a couple books. We Googled everything. You know, we just were, we were like students of business all of mm-hmm. a sudden, but we were, it was like very much, um, you know, real life application because we had started this business accidentally. 
when does it go from someone like from just making it in your kitchen and giving it away to other students on campus to an actual business where you're maybe like putting it together in an act in a building for your business and everything like Mm -hmm. that when does when is the turning point yeah that's a great question so we I mean even just I think it was two months maybe after we had made our first jars in our apartment kitchen we were at a street fair on our college campus so kind of the equivalent of a farmer's market Mm -hmm. so that market and then some farmer's markets locally around our um around our college and then where we grew up, those were really like our first testing grounds. And that was, Keely and I always like to say to other people that are thinking of starting a business, especially in our world, because the natural food world, because that's what we know. We always say like, start small. Like if you want to start something, there's so many, like a farmer's market or some sort of market is a great way to start because we could still make it on our own. We rented a commercial kitchen in Eugene and we could still afford to like buy the ingredients and we were selling them in a way that it, we were like not losing money. It was, we were just kind of breaking even, mm-hmm. but we were, it was just such a great way for us to like test and figure out our, our recipes and kind of what people like and didn't like and make tweaks really early on. And then after kind of the, a few months of farmer's market, again, this is, uh, I know a lot of other people like that. They they're in the stage for a lot longer than we were. We've always just moved really quickly, but for us, it was a few months. And then we, realized we're like, oh, the, you know, the farmer's market season is going to come to an end, but we really don't want our business to come to an end. Like we don't want this to just be like a one and done kind of thing. So we started trying to figure out how to get in grocery stores and New Seasons Market is an amazing um, grocery store chain here in the Pacific Northwest. And they were the ones to, you know, to take a chance on us and our products really early on. So we spent the summer, I guess it would be 20, was that 2011? I, my dates are I sometimes forget because it feels so long ago, but I think it was, yeah, summer of 2011 and we got a meeting with the CEO of New Seasons, which is very rare. And I look back and I'm like, how did we do that? Yeah. Because now, I, you know, it's just really hard to get to get meetings with buyers a lot of the <laughs> yeah. time, but oh, yeah. it was a while ago there, you know, there wasn't as much competition and we just had a very interesting story. I think she's probably like, let me just like see who these girls are. We were two teenagers and Mm -hmm. wanting, you know, we really just approached the meeting as an, um, you know, can we get some advice on these Yemen new products that we've created? And then from that meeting, she kind of, you know, she gave us a list of things like, here are the things that you would need to do to get into our grocery stores. And we did that. We started working with a co-packer. So we stopped making our products and that really allowed us to take the business to the next level because, we were it was much more official like we were working with a co-packer everything was sealed properly and labeled properly and had a you know a best by date and we could put it in the case and have a sticker on it and and it could be something that a store could basically buy and like um buy through their system so that is you know, that all happened in the first year. And it really came out of that, the moment of like, oh, what happens when the weather gets really crummy in Oregon, like markets kind of stop. Yeah. And we just wanted people to continue buying our products. So that's where our inspiration came from for that. And then we also, we also were on Shark Tank. I don't know if you've ever seen our episode or know that, but we were on, again, a lot of things happened in the early days that really just like per- kept propelling us to the next level. So, Going on Shark Tank, 
within the first year of starting our business out of our little apartment kitchen, that really gave us the validation that we had a good idea. And we were just really excited about their feedback. They all loved it. You know, it was on, it's on national television. These are millionaires who have um, mostly all started their businesses or our CEOs now. So we knew that they weren't, you know, lying to us that they, they all really loved it and thought we had potential. So that also encouraged us to keep pursuing it and keep pursuing um, the grocery stores. We're like, okay, we, we need to keep going with this idea. Yeah, that experience on Shark Tank, when you went on there, I'm curious to know if like after the episode aired, did you get an influx of orders that was maybe more than expected or too much to handle in your current state of operations? We did get a huge influx of orders and they prepare you pretty well um, in the sense that, you know, they're like, okay, we definitely recommend you back up your website. They can't tell you the orders you're going to expect because obviously every, every company and product is different, but we definitely put, you know, kind of work before it aired into our website to make sure it didn't crash. And we got a ton of traffic to our website, which was awesome. Yes, we got a ton of orders and it was, I mean, it was very overwhelming in the sense of like, oh my gosh, we have hundreds and hundreds. I don't even remember the, the order count. It would be really fun to go back and see. By the time it just felt like insane, like how are we ever going to finish packing all these orders? Because we were we were doing all of that with like the help of our parents. And I remember we were at the time we were packing everything in Keeley's parents' house, which kind of became our makeshift headquarters for a while. And there were just we we tried to do like some um we tried to pre-pack orders. So like our popular flavors, we would we wanted to have some ready even before it aired. So we would, you know be a little bit more prepared and they were just all over her house like up and down the stairs all over the hallways all over the furniture the living room so it was definitely a process and we made sure to communicate like to people at an order that it was gonna there would probably be a couple weeks before they'd get their order but yeah it was that was such great exposure for us I mean, we had literally started the company eight months before we aired or before we uh taped that episode and then it aired so we taped in September and we had started making jars in February so it was not a long time before we were standing in front of you know these the sharks and these CEOs and millionaires and trying to explain this company that we had accidentally created so that was just a whole trip that, <laughs> that that filming and then it ended up airing so that was September it ended up airing in May so from September oh, wow. to May That's a long we, we time yes and they don't so if um this is like kind of just behind the scenes knowledge of like people that go on and tape. You don't know if your episode is going to air. So after you, you, you know, after we filmed in September, we were like, well, that was an interesting experience and fingers crossed it airs. So they have, they make no commitment that yours is going to air because they bring on way more entrepreneurs than they actually like edit it down to for the show. Mm -hmm. So after that point we were like, well, we might never hear from them again. Who knows? Let's get on with building our business. And then I think it was maybe two weeks before it aired that they like sent us an email and said, okay, your episode's going to air. Here's your air date. And of course we were just so thrilled and told everyone we knew we had a watch party and um, again, just got, got great exposure. And it's, it's really amazing how much exposure that show gave us. Um, even today people email us and say like, oh, I just watched it, your, you know, your episode re-air and 
they do replay it a lot. So we, we get a lot of great exposure from that episode and oh, then they did a so follow up cool. episode for us, um, like the next season. So, so yeah, so that was just such a, such a fun and kind of wild experience. Did you pitch yourself or how do you get on the show? Um, yes, we, <laughs> the, the videos we sent, we have no idea what happened to them. I'm, we're pretty sure that they, I don't know, they probably have them and we're like, they could blackmail us with those because they were probably so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. But we sent, yes, we sent, uh, we sent videos. We, I think we had to send several videos like for, and we filmed them in our college apartment, like a really bad camera. Like I'm sure the quality is terrible. I'm sure real, <laughs> we're really awkward. <laughs> But that's all it took in the beginning. And um, now I know it's more like an American Idol experience where you have to fly somewhere. You have to stand yeah. in a really long line to even audition just because the show's gotten so popular. But I think for us, it like the sweet spot of it being a pretty new show where it didn't have the popularity it does now, that made all the difference because we would not have flown to L.A. You know, at that time. We wouldn't have had money to. So we got to do everything over video and I think they probably just got a kick out of us and like, they're like, wow, these girls are really young and experienced. Let's, yeah. let's bring them on national TV to like embarrass them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, what a, yeah, what a cool opportunity and a sweet timing when it, it hadn't blown up yet. And I mean, it still was really popular and obviously now has the benefits of people going back and rewatching, which is really incredible for your business. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what is it like to do business with your best friend? You talked about how you guys were best friends back then, and I assume you probably are still pretty close. So what is that experience like when your business is also a part of like your everyday life and is probably a part of a lot of your conversations and everything like that? So Keelan and I love talking about this subject because we definitely see a narrative in the co-founder entrepreneurial space that it will never work to work with your best friend and it will ruin your relationship and don't work with family. And we definitely have seen that a lot. And we have heard that a lot from other business owners and it, you know, their relationships end very negatively. So that, that is true in a lot of cases, but for us, I guess I love talking about it because it has been the reason that we were able to create a successful business. And I, I would have never done it alone. Keely would have never done it alone. So the fact that we were doing this together, we were as you know, both extremely committed, like really from day one to building this business together, that gave us so much more confidence than we would have had if we just were like going out on our own. And I have incredible respect for founders that are, you know, single founders, like that don't have a partner. Being a founder is extremely hard and difficult and can be lonely, even when you have a, a partner. And I just cannot imagine doing it alone. Because there's just so many times where something is happening. And, you know, no one, even the closest people in your life really won't fully understand what's happening, because they're not like in it day to day. Like it's been the two of us from day one who have been just like, knee deep in our business since day one. And we know everything, we have all the history, we, you know, we've just like, been in it together. And that really is the reason that we've been able to create a successful company. And I know it doesn't work for everyone. And again, we've we've seen that. But I think, you know, for Keely and I, it's really from the beginning, I think we just had this shared understanding and commitment without really even verbalizing it. Like, it's kind of crazy when I think about it. But we just had this sense that 
like we were going to build a business together and it was going to be successful and we were going to have a lot of fun doing it. Like that's how we approached it from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And that's really, you know, kind of the attitude that we continue to approach our business with. And that's definitely not to say that there haven't been hard times and, and that sometimes I think we both feel like, Oh, I wish we could just be friends. Like you we're not normal, quote unquote, normal friends because our business really does, I mean, it takes priority and it's, it's really taken over our our last decade of our lives. And so there are definitely moments that, I mean, I'll just speak for myself, but I, I kind of miss our old relationship. I'm like, Oh, I wish we could just be friends. And when we hang out, not be like, okay, we need to talk about these five things. These are really pressing things. We need to figure this out. And sometimes I miss that. Um, but it's just, you know, it's the sacrifice that we've had to make to to grow our business. And we wouldn't have this business if it wasn't for each other. So when I have those moments, I'm like, you know what, it's worth it. You know, we probably won't be doing this forever, like forever, like for the next, you know, when we're 40 or whatever it is. And I know that we will have a friendship again, where it's like, oh, remember when we were like, young and growing our business together like I know that we're gonna look back like when we're a lot older and have these amazing memories together of growing wild friends Mm -hmm. um but it you know it it definitely yeah I so I think for people that are considering going into business with like family or friends it's like it can be amazing and you have to like work at it being amazing you have to just like work on your relationship and be super honest and transparent with each other we give each other the benefit of the doubt that's one of our you know company values is if some, if, you know, the other person does something and you're like, oh, I wouldn't have done it like that. Or why did she do that? We always give each other the benefit of the doubt. And that just really erases so much potential conflict. I think, you know, there's a lot of times in, in, situ- in business situations where, you know, people just harbor a lot of, um, I don't know, I guess, negativity or towards the people they're working with and their partners. And we just have completely avoided that. And if there's an issue, we talk about it immediately and move on. Like neither of us are very, we're not really dramatic people. So I think that also yeah. helps. Um, so yeah, so 10 years in, I mean, we're still best friends. And so many people say like, wow, that's a miracle. It's amazing. You guys are still friends. Our moms were extremely worried in the beginning. They were like, well, you might ruin your relationship because of this. And we did not. We're like, whatever. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and I'm like happy, happy to say that they... I mean, of course, they were, you know, just trying to warn us and be cautious. But I'm happy to say that, like, we kind of proved them wrong in a way. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, we didn't ruin our relationship. And um, it's, you know, kind of like the strongest. It's the thing that has really tied this whole the last decade together is our friendship. And and it's so much a part of our story. So I can't really imagine. I mean, I can't imagine doing running the business with anyone else. Yeah. And I have to imagine that it's helpful that you didn't both go into this business like, let's make a million dollars. Let's become business owners and get rich. And this is our vision. It kind of happened organically. So I have to imagine that's probably helpful in maintaining your friendship as well. Yeah, absolutely. That That's a great point. I think when I, yeah, when I think to other re- business relationships that I know haven't worked out, I think there is like a a part of that is, you know, maybe there's one founder and they bring someone else in at a different time, or they've maybe started it for a few months and then they're like, okay, I need help. I need to hire someone. But it just, yeah, for us, since we were at this, we've been at the same level and at the same stage, like since day one, we've seen everything. We've been through everything together. So there is this, there's this just like built in 
mutual respect for each other and just knowing that again we're just like equally committed we're always on the same page and if we're not we're like very close to being on the same page about everything um so it yeah I think just like also the stage of life we were in was the same I think I mean there's so many factors that that Mm -hmm. contribute to business relationships and partnerships not working out and I think they're all valid I'm like yeah I can totally understand that but for us I think we got I think luck did play a huge part in it of just you know it's like yeah we were in the same same stage of life we were excited about the same things. We both were equally as passionate about growing the business. And I, I really, you can't like, you can't downplay those in any, I think those are just huge factors to, um, you know, a co-founder relationship working out. Yeah. How do you balance out each other's strengths and weaknesses? Like how do you balance out working together and getting the best out of yourselves and working to the bi- mm-hmm. towards the business together using each of your strengths? So a great example of that is from basically the first week of starting Wild Friends. So we knew we had something, you know, a potential with these yummy peanut butters that we're making because everyone we gave them to was like, oh my gosh, where can I buy these? Like that was people's first reaction. They wanted to continue eating it. And they're like, well, what about what happens when I, you know, finish this jar? So we obviously were thrilled by that. And my first response was, okay, everyone we know needs to know about this immediately. Like I need to, we're going to create a Facebook. We're going to tell everyone, we're going to post about this. We're going to tell everyone to like meet us at the, um, you know, the farmer's market and we're going to get shirts for all of our friends and everyone's going to like help us and spread the word. So my mind without knowing it was like, how do we market this? How do we spread the word? Uh How do we tell everyone we know that this is an amazing business that we've just started and we want everyone to buy our peanut butter. And again, this is, maybe maybe a week or two weeks in like so fresh and that's where my mind went Keely's mind went to uh, you know buying like starting a business 101 and accounting for dummies and how to make a website so we from the beginning just recognized that we had very different skills and we just leaned really hard into them and I think that also has contributed to our success as co-founders 10 years later, because we were interested in very different things naturally. And we've just gravitated towards those in the business and kind of stayed in our lanes. And of course, there's, I mean, there's tons of stuff that we work on together. And in the beginning, there was a lot more where we felt felt like we did everything together, went everywhere together, took every phone call together, like, we're both, we had the same email account, all of that. But, you know, as the business grew, and as we got busier, the dividing and conquering of projects and tasks and just like what we were going to manage that was so easy for us and again I think this is where kind of like luck plays into this because we've never had a dynamic where it's like oh I'm jealous that she gets to do that I really want to do that where I think sometimes in partnerships if you're too similar that happens a lot and that can be really detrimental because Mm -hmm. then you can that's where like the the resentment builds up and you're like well I wish I I could do it better or I want to be doing that or I want to spend my time doing that where we've never we've honestly never had that and it allows us to you know just really focus on the things that we're good at and lean in so Keely like an easy way to think about is like Keely's always kind of been like doing like back end quote unquote back end stuff like anything that's like you know like deep computer work and spreadsheeting and figuring out our finances and raising money like that's where her focus has been and operations as well and then Mine's been really focused on 
like product, anything in marketing, like customers, um, very like relationship and product, you know, oriented. So um, it's been, yeah, it's been a very, that's like something that we really didn't even have to have a conversation about. So again, there's a theme there where there's <laughs> things that just, it was such like a natural fit and a natural um, progression, I guess, of our relationship to start a business together. Yeah. Wow. That's really great to form that friendship or to keep that friendship going and, and play on each other's strengths and get to use that to propel the business. So something I'm really excited to hear about and kind of obviously plays to the theme of this podcast is how do you use your business to do good in the community and give back? I've heard that you, I heard on another podcast that you have a nonprofit or nonprofit partner, I believe. So do you want to talk more about all of that? Yes, I would love to. So we are a, I'll first off by saying that we're a B Corp, so a benefit corporation. And the whole, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it or, or your listeners are, but the whole idea with B Corps is that you're using your business as a force for good. So you're not just every day focused on like, okay, how do we, you know, increase sales and profits and like, go, go, go. Like that is obviously necessary to continue running a successful business. But a B Corp allows you to, you know, with your shareholders. Um, so if you have like a board or investors, it allows companies to, orient their businesses around like doing good for the world and for the planet and that being a major priority. So it's such an awesome community of businesses. Like Patagonia is probably the most famous B Corp in the world. And I think a lot of people know that, I mean, they're just always, they always have like really incredible initiatives that they're working on. Mm -hmm. That's like a gold standard B Corp. But for us, um, what we've always been passionate about is giving back to women and girls um, and just, you know, we kind of think of it as like paying forward. We know that we would not be in this position today if we did not have the amazing, you know, female mentors that we've had all throughout our lives from teachers and coaches and family members and friends. So we have really focused our give back mission on giving back to other women and girls and inspiring them to follow their dreams and pursue whatever lights them up, like for us, it was peanut butter. And for, you know, like, there's just so many, so many amazing ideas out there. And we really wanted to give back to um, women and girls since, you know, as female founders, that was important to us. So we started a program called Fuel Her Future. And the whole idea is kind of what I was mentioning of just giving back. And we partner with different nonprofits, we have the the hope of one day doing some sort of scholarship program. So we're, you know, where other female entrepreneurs could apply and we could give scholarships in different amounts that could help them launch their businesses. Um, But for now, hopefully that will, will come at some point, but for now um, we're really focused on just giving money to programs that already are set up and already are doing amazing things. And our, our first partner has been girls Inc of the Pacific Northwest. So I don't know if you're familiar with girls Inc. No, not at all. You know, national, but they uh, are an amazing organization They have chapters all over the country and a lot of the bigger cities and their whole mission is to inspire girls to be strong, smart, and bold, which we, as just a sentence, we love that. I mean, it's, it's just like, they're just really, really awesome. They have so many cool, like after school programs and STEM focused programs. And more specifically, they support, you know, girls in the, so many, all the many gender, economic and social barriers that 
young girls encounter and that can prevent them from, you know, fully pursuing their passions and edu- education. So we love supporting them. We've, Keelan and I have both been after school volunteers for their programs. Oh, cool. um, we've helped out, you know, with their fundraisers and we, um, yeah, we give money to them every year. So that through our Fuel Her Future program. So that is our current give back focus. And as I said, we're really excited to expand that in the future as we have, you know, more, more space to do that and more resources. But for now, that's what we're focused on. And we just, we love like being able to talk about that and using our platform to talk about things other than just like selling peanut butter. Yeah, that, that is such a cool opportunity and being able to set aside some of your profits to give back to a really important nonprofit organization. So is yours, the Fueler Future, is that considered a nonprofit or is that just a like a piece of your business? No, it's not. Yeah, it's not technically a nonprofit. We just kind of came up with that as a way to organize our like give back mission. Um, and we, you know, we, we just thought the name was fun because it's like fuel plays into the mm-hmm. yummy nut butters that we make and then yeah. really focused on, um, you know, kind of supporting women and girls in their future and their dreams. So yeah, it's just our, it's just our kind of fun, fun name for it. And our, in our business, it's like everything that we donate is under Fuel Her Future, kind of the branch of Fuel Her Future. Oh, cool. And something else that you mentioned that you'd want to talk about is that something that brings you joy is making products that bring joy to other people's day. Is that something you want to expand on? Yes. Well, I think we started this podcast talking about, you know, how you have a pantry full of our nut butters and, and how much you love our sunflower butter. So it's, I mean, it's pretty simple. It's that for me, it it really is, you know, that, that does motivate me to like get up and work every day. And when I see people like tag us on Instagram and like Mm -hmm. cute photos and videos, or they email us and say like, oh my gosh, you're whatever blank flavor, like your chocolate coconut you know, changed my life. And I can't eat dairy, but I love chocolate. And this is just like brings so much happiness when I'm eating breakfast. So just those things. I mean, it's very simple, like bringing, you know, food, bringing joy to people's like everyday moments like that is just, I'm such a foodie and love food. And so the fact that we can create products that people get excited, like to pull out of their pantry and drizzle on their oatmeal and pancake and waffles and, you know, just create like a, a super yummy fun moment for people and kind of just like our our mundane day to day um I think that is like that's just really fun and that is a, a privilege to be able to do that and um I think any any business no matter how exciting and fun your product is like the day to day can it can be mundane and it can you know not everything is is fun and exciting but when I think about that and when I like take a take a break to like look at our social or in you know engage with people and our customers it reminds me like why we're doing this and how much um happiness something as simple as a jar of peanut butter can can bring people so that that really does that does motivate me and does keep me going um this many years later (laughs) yeah I love that and you guys have the like most beautiful Instagram it's so well done and delicious looking thank you (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, thank you for sharing all about the business and kind of the good things that you're doing alongside it and the joy and different things that you're bringing to the community alongside 
this awesome business that kind of organically was created. But so for the end of podcast questions, what is the best or most recent book that you've read? So I've been reading a a decent amount, like in quarantine, I feel like this year, I've probably read the most that I've ever read, like most consistently. And a book that I finished recently, and I just absolutely loved was The Giver of Stars. Have you heard about that book by Jojo Myers? No, it's so good. It's a historical fiction book about they called them the pack horse librarians. And it's I mean, they were actually real, this group of women and they were it was during the like, 1930s and 40s and they would deliver books to rural families like in the Appalachian Mountains for people like for families that like, couldn't have ac- couldn't get access to books um and it's just it's such a good story and it was one of those books that I didn't want to finish because I was just like I love all these characters I'm so connected to all of them it was definitely just like a woman like empowerment like these badass women in the thirties and forties, like doing things that they weren't supposed to be doing and riding horses, like into the mountains, delivering books. It's just, it was such a great story. I will have to add that to the list. That's like the hardest part about asking this question is my list just endlessly grows. Right. Yes. You get so many good recommendations. Oh yeah. And I read so much. So it's, it's perfect. It works out. Um, Who or what is something that is illuminating in your life right now? So I'm going to go with the what part of it. I have lots of amazing, inspiring people in my life. But I think this year, just what comes to mind is is actually just like quarantine and just being in you know, this year, just like being totally flipped on its head. I feel like I, I really had to work at like seeing the positives of this year. And I, I feel like as the year is coming to an end, I'm I'm really, I can reflect and see how inspiring this year was actually and I know that I am saying that from like tremendous privilege because I still have my job and I haven't you know I I haven't gotten sick um and the close friends and family in my life haven't either but I've really been able to I think what this year has brought is just like a major pause just like pausing everything pausing the busyness and like really stripping away um, the things that just kind of like cluttered my life and that just kept me busy every moment of the day. And this year was just like, not really like being in my house so much and not going as many places and seeing as many people. I feel like I've really been inspired by like, just like little things like going on a walk or, you know, just FaceTiming with a friend or making a really yummy meal, like all of these things that are so I think essential to our life. But in the past, I just, I didn't place as much value on them. Or I was just like, Oh, I'm just, you know, when you're doing a million things, I feel like it's hard to appreciate the little things um, because they just kind of, they just, I don't know, they they just don't hold as much meaning. But I feel like this year I really had to kind of like rewrite the narrative and be like, no, this is a year of really like focusing on on what's essential and what's important to make me happy. So that has been inspiring me. And really, as I think about the next year ahead, like how can I take some of those learnings into the the next year, even as the, you know, even as kind of maybe our world will hopefully go back to somewhat normal. I love that. And what is an organization that you would like to illuminate? So I did already mention them, but I, I love, you know, we, we love them so much. So I want to give them another plug. It's Girls Inc. of the Pacific Northwest. And even if you don't live in Portland, that's where this branch is based. There's so many of their chapters around the country and they're doing a lot of 
things virtually right now. So there's still ways to get involved and to volunteer and donate. And if you, you know, want to help girls and, um, you know, get involved in creating a better, more brighter future for, for other young girls, it's such a great organization. And I, I really, I really recommend them. It's very fulfilling to, to work with them. And um, yeah, I just, I can't say enough good things. And what is your one message to send to the world? Oh my gosh, this is like a big question. Hard hitter, yeah. <laughs> I feel, I know, I know. I feel like I have a few, um, but I'll, they're like short. So I would say trust your gut, give yourself space, and say no to things that don't add value to your life. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Erica. And if you want to check out Wild Friends, you can find them at wildfriendsfoods.com. You can find them on Instagram at wild underscore friends. And you can find them on Facebook at Wild Friends Foods. And of course, we would love if you gave us a follow over at the Illuminate Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at the Illuminate Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at Illuminate underscore pod. And while you're over there, go give the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network a follow on Instagram at Sandy Boy Productions and on Twitter at Sandy Boy Pro. That's where you can stay up to date on all of the shows in the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network, which is the Why Is Everyone Yelling podcast, a parenting podcast hosted by one of our co-hosts, Lindsay Hine. Lindsay also hosts the All Have Another podcast, a podcast where she interviews runners And the other show in the network is the Up and Running podcast, which is hosted by Lauren Flores and Abby Stanley, where they bring you the weekly news and the weekly rundown of everything that happened in the running world. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Erica, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your week.